There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on and having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to deck.com slash meat eater and get yourself some free shipping. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. The Meat Eater Podcast is brought to you by First Light. Whether you're checking trail cams, hanging deer stands, or scouting for elk, First Light has performance apparel to support every hunter in every environment. Check it out at firstlight.com. F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. Uh, when I was, is the machine on now, Phil? Yeah, yeah. You can on. record this. Yeah, it's on. We're rolling. We That's are rolling. Been rolling for a couple minutes. Once you're Good. in classic like rock, oh, the pod is no on. No, he just started. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he just started it. Okay, I want to tell you first. I'm gonna say we're joined today by um the host of Bustin' with the Boys on the Barstool Podcast Network, Taylor Curtis Lewin. How do you like to say it? Uh, Taylor Lewan, but Luan. I've been called Lewin my whole life. It's all good. This I'm is sure not, hey, this is not new ground. Lewin's been Will, making a comeback recently. It has. And yeah, yeah. Lewin has been making a comeback. That's what Rogan refers to you as, Taylor yeah. Lewin. You're just churching it up, Dirt? Yeah. yeah. You got a little something. Lewin. And uh, Will Earl. Oh, my God. This makes you sound pretentious. William Earl Compton, Compton the, the third. third. Oh. Yes. I was like, give me some of that money. Yes. <laughs> oh, what I was gonna, I had two things because we, we just before the show started, we were talking about uh rock and roll, and we were talking about when your song, if you're a rocker, like your Nirvana or Pearl Jam or whatever, like so you're cool, like a long time ago, and then one day you wake up and you're classic rock, and and that being disconcerting. And I was gonna point out in talking about um how adaptable classic rock is, the FM station where I grew up, 94.5 KLQ would do now and then they would do that like thousand greatest rock songs which is 
uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a thing that brings the country together. But KLQ would jump in and do an editorial insert. So you know it's going to end like for weeks you're driving down the road knowing this is going to land at Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. But they would at number two put in uh, Uncle Ted's Fred Bear. Fred Bear <laughs> is a jam. They would, they would stick that in just to stick it to the man and say, it's no Stairway to Heaven, but it's definitely better than Hey Jude. <laughs> right? Hey, Fred Bear's a jam now. Yeah. That was uh, like the first hunting song I grew up listening to. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny when it clicks. VHS. Right? You're like, oh, that it's hunting. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to learn more about this Fred Bear guy. We're going to, you're going to hang, we got to hang tight a minute. Oh, there's one thing we got to do right off the top of the bat, and you guys might like this. We, we're, we're, we're doing, um, this year, we let our, we used to license music. Mm-hmm. For the end of the show, you guys do that with the show? No. I don't think so, no. no. How do you end no, no, no. it? You just end it? Yeah, basically. It's oh, got this little riff. I think a guy named Drew Dixon did it for us. That, oh, so that, you do got a little riff. The one we use now is from Ernest. Yeah, Ernest Ernest came on the bus and he did a little acoustic jam and put it together. That's the beginning, but that little guitar riff at the end, I'm pretty sure it was like Drew Dixon, who was like, guy's a singer-songwriter in Nashville, been working in the like a tin roof. It's a mm. bar on DeMumbrian Street got forever. It. So Guy, you didn't have to license that every no, year. No, 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 no. You no. just got it. We yeah, didn't yeah, know we about did. it at first because Quaker City Nighthawks was the very first one we would use. Yeah. And then it, they, you hear about all the copyright and stuff. And then we tried to mess with them, but then they didn't want to mess with us. But then when we kind of became popular, they wanted to come back and we were kind of like, oh, yeah. missed that your ship shot. That ship has sailed. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Got yeah. to yeah. get in while the getting's good. Yeah, yeah. Point being... uh we are, we had licensed a song that, that no one really liked, but it just meant something to me. Mm-hmm. And then we let the license expire, and we told our audience that from now on we're only going to outro with music that they write and send in. So it's just going to be never ending runs of of musicians that wrote music for us and sent it in. So this one I like so much that I don't want to just outro it. I want to intro the outro. You want to do me. both. Follow yeah. me. You're doing a Quentin Tarantino situation. Yeah. yeah. You're starting at it's the like end. Yeah. Yeah. It's like watching Pulp Fiction. It's like that. watching Memento. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to intro the outro. Are you ready, Phil? Yeah. Got it pulled up. Phil's going to. Let's hear it, Philly. Guy sent this in. <laughs> Wrote it just for this show. Yeah. That's like Young Guns. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> that surprised me. Wait for the elk bugle, though. Yeah, wait for the elk bugle. There it is. Dude, I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you what. You turn it off now, Phil. There's a lot going on there. Hot yeah, tip yeah. for any musicians, man. Throw an elk bugle into your metal tube. It's like with cooks, throw a little butter in there. You throw some elk bugles into your music, and you're going to be kicking ass. Who's that? Uh, this, Sher- is, this is by Jesse Collins, who's a local Bozeman, Montana oh, he's resident. Here. He's from here. And in case you were not able to decipher the lyrics, the yeah, lyrics are hunting, expression. fishing, cooking, Conservation, (laughs) (laughs) and then the next line is "Live to hunt, hunt to live," and then the last line, which we something near and dear to me, cut before anyone could hear it, is 
fresh set of eyes finds more beans. <laughs> <laughs> I invented that. I invented that. Is that you? Uh, I invented that. Oh, We're going to open a Christmas present real quick. Oh. Yeah, it's behind you. That's from... Oh, it's uh, not even wrapped. Metten. For those Karen. of you who forgot to get on the oh, YouTube oh, version oh, of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge... Randall, can you open it? Can you work on opening it while I talk? Sure. We, li- lis- <laughs> listeners of the show remember when we participated. Knives? Yeah. My little cutlery collection. <laughs> no, this is great. I love it. So, listeners of the show will remember when we had some some pale- some anthropologists on the show. We participated. Cal was there. Who all was there? Cal Clay. I mean, Spencer. in this room. In this room. I was, I was oh, filming. Corinne was there. Max. Was Max filming. is filming. Yeah. Corinne was there. Uh, we we participated in an in butchering a buffalo with stone tools, in cooperation with anthropologists and archaeologists and a paleontologist from look out uh was it there's the wrapping paper it was it was texas texas uh why why am i struggling so much i thought the Uh, ohio state too kent southern methodist smu and then kent state university kent state university oregon state university and we participated in a project of we butchered. We were we were expert butchers and butchered a buffalo with stone tools, replicas of Ice Age tool assemblages. And this present came in the mail. It's very delicate. It says this card and here. brittle. Okay. Do you have any idea what this is? I really don't. Really? I know that I do want me to start up. It's not your present. It's not your present. No, no, no. Please you know help. I'm help. It's gonna take time. This end is brittle. Yeah, Taylor, you can't help. Yeah. We've already been over this. Right. Taylor's the uh, don't rip the wrapping paper person. Oh, yes. He's gonna save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to save her. I like to save her the anticipation. Yeah. Hey, Steve, you want to grab the? Which is end? a great way to think about that because I've never thought about it that way. Like oh. what you like is the yeah. to me eater. What it could Meaty be. Christmas like and a happy you don't want, news sphere. You get to spend that extra minute and a <laughs> half knowing. Oh, okay. Yeah. This might be that thing I really want. Yeah. So this is from it. the Kent State University Experimental Archaeology Lab. The golden flashes. And many apologies to people who are listening and not watching this. <laughs> yeah, you got to get on the YouTube train for this Phil, one. do you think it sounds good, that this loud paper noise to people yeah, at home? Yeah. I, I love sure. it. I think it creates intrigue. People will get online to see what's oh going on. Ooh, bubble wrap. <laughs> oh, Karam. Green, you should come hang out with my kids. I'll put I you in a big to. room full of bubble wrap, and you guys can just have a hell yeah. of a... See you four hours later. Metten, I don't think anything broke. It's got to be a spear, right? Well, we don't know. Well, that's, it says that's happy guess. new spear. And now I remember saying I wanted some spears. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's going to be some blood shed in this room. There, there are maybe eight different layers of wrapping paper. Yeah. He did a good job. Well Sorry, wrapped. I didn't realize it was going to take this long. <laughs> well, you got a free towel out of it. A couple of free towels. <laughs> I'm going to go shower up. All right, Steve. I think you should do the honors when we're on. No, no, just do. I'm watching. We're gonna get those towels in the auction house oddities. (laughs) Oh, look at that! You guys are doing great work. You you know you made uh, it when you get a Christmas gift. You just watch people open it for you. Pool pool noodles. (laughs) You guys got it. I'm enjoying watching my present be opened. We got new. We got new towels. We got new pool noodles. (laughs) This is really. 
Shit, I should have at least partially opened Yeah, Corinne, man, that was Sorry. bad producing. I'm a bad producer. Oh my. Corinne, Corinne does some good producing and, and some poor producing, and this would be in the, this would be in the, this is not a 4.5. No. <laughs> or it is a 4.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah. in the explanation. We can move on to, Carefully. Oh, no, we're so close, yeah. yeah Carefully. Yeah, I got that. Here, maybe um, just. Sorry, audience, for my terrible producing. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll lay over that song again while I'm <laughs> yeah. tapping. Yeah. 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 You could probably still play it in. And yeah. you just fast It'll forward the video. Yeah. These uh, pool noodles for folks who don't haven't happened on this trick yet are super awesome for uh, pre-building uh, any sort of fishing rig with a leader. That's true. Right? And for, then for, quick for mooching, just just to keep people entertained while we open this. If you're 20, if you got pre-rigged mooching rigs, you can stick your banana sinker in the end, right? Stick your banana sinker in the pool noodle and then wrap the mooch leader around that pool noodle and fasten the hooks into it. Should I think of more stuff to talk about? No. Um the pool noodles are also good for floating too. Yeah. Oh, like in a pool. Yeah, in a yeah. pool. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Once, once some poles. The pool present is revealed. A couple of good walking sticks. Yeah, yeah. You better have a hell of a day fishing. Smokes, man. This is you right here. This is yeah. package. You and Snoot. <laughs> Snort. Snort. Damn it. <laughs> the whole roll is... Be careful now. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be sharp. I think for the amount of uh, time it took to wrap oh, this stuff. Oh, whoa. my goodness. Oh, oh that sick. is badass. Ladies so, and gentlemen, that was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> These are uh, Clovis Point-tipped nice, hunting man. spears. Wow. Flintknapped by Metten. Oh. And um, a former student. The points were hafted by a former student of his, Michael Wilson. Holy cats. That um, is cool. Two of them are English wood? flint procured by him from the off, white though. chalk cliffs of southern England. Uh, and then the third one is Georgetown chert from Texas. It's the same kind of chert we used in the I was gonna Buffalo say that. experiment. Yeah, Georgetown, definitely. Yeah. Um, and the wood is a pine treated pine shaft. I don't know you guys really well, so you're the ones I'm thinking about when I think about just wanting to just. <laughs> He's looking at you hard. Oh, right? kind of so like <laughs> big game. <laughs> right that is someone's nuts. ribs, man. Max, can I see that that big hoss there? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. I'm gonna keep working one? down our list. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody admire your spear. No, admire we, your spear. Guys, don't. Oh, I'm gonna have to see. If, I'm gonna <laughs> no, have to ask you to move that blood. spear that you leaned right in front of the camera. There. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fellow wrote I'll put it. it away. This is the part. This is part of the this, this part of the show where we t- we do listener comments. Okay. Fellow wrote in. Says 2023 is. This is more bad producing. <laughs> Good no. producer would have gone in there and wrote was. Mm. But this was a quote from the guy who wrote in 2023. You would have, a good producer would have wrote sick, Fine. Okay. sick after that. S I C. Pardon me. It's got to be tough being with a writer. I'm yeah. just gonna leave. 2023 <laughs> is considered. This is a listener thing. This is a good question. 2023 is considered a mast year, where acorn production, where acorn production and other nut trees have upwards of five times their typical production. I've never seen anything like the amount of acorns produced this year. I would love to hear the crew discuss their thoughts on the impact of a mast year on deer harvest. 
He says, and I'll take his word for this, deer harvest across the Midwest this year is way down. And the only consistent common theme I can find is that it's a mast year. I've hunted the same fields in central Wisconsin for 20 years and always see 20 to 30 deer out every night about an hour before sunset. And this is the first year I'm not seeing hardly any coming out to feed in the fields. But when you go through the woods, you jump all kinds of deer. I'll buy that. Um, if you, I think Pat Durkin wrote it up. I think Michigan's one of the states that saw a pretty significant hunter decline, hunter participation decline for for this season. Hmm. So that's a reason for, you can't have a lot of deer dying by hunters if there's not a lot of hunters out there. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then as we talked about, you want some real patience. Yeah, <laughs> sit in a tree and watch nothing happen. Uh, get out of your tree, man. What are they attributing the uh, decline? Well, if it's a really significant number if you go back to, like, I think there was a peak sometime in the 90s, early 90s. Not the COVID pandemic? No. Uh, like a significant peak. Uh, you'll have to read old Pat Durkin's article. I think he wrote it up for TheMeatEater.com. I will read it. Little, little website you might be familiar with. I what, one thing I could say about this what he's what he's talking about is y- you'll find that people have a tendency because people that are driving to work driving around you see deer in a field mm-hmm. so a lot of guys are gonna like they just instinctively are gonna go sit the field edge you know it's just well I'm gonna sit the edge of the field and watch the field because I see deer out in the field so yeah the fact that there's a bunch of food wood uh I'm trying to say mm-hmm. the fact that there's a ton of food in the woods would absolutely affect all that kind of stuff. They don't 100%. have to expose themselves because there's plenty of food under cover. Yeah, they don't need to take risk. Talk to, talk to Clay. When I was when I was saying acorns and not acorns, I was goofing on Clay. You talked to Clay about when there's a good mast year. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, he likes to talk about it because it gives him more chances to say acorns. This is a Clay conversation. Yeah. He'd really he likes any, have a lot of fun with that. He likes is, any conversation that involves acorns. Mm-hmm. Is Clay successful on one of these years? I don't know. I know that he's always looking for a tree that's rain and acorns. Yeah. Is it is it kind of like of nationally across the country or it's a certain area? Listen, man, this is I, I don't I'm just reading this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm trying to keep up. So there's an over there's a surplus of acorns out there and the deer are staying in the trees and not yeah. out in the fields. No, this is an, act, this this is an actual yeah. thing here. This is a real thing. No, no. What I'm saying is bumper crops of acorns is a real thing. Have you have you ever heard with with uh, you ever heard of the thing predator swamping? No. So if you look at wildlife populations that are very synchronized and when they reproduce, um, the thinking is one of the advantages of being very synchronized is that the the abundance of food overwhelms predators. And some of that stuff is going to, like if let's lay a big group of ground nesting birds, they all lay at the same time. Some of them are going to survive predation. Mm-hmm. But if you were to, if they were going to all lay over the course of two months and you had a population of predators pursuing those eggs, it's like they have a greater chance of just finding them because it's a slowly rolling out food source. So they use this term predator swamping, meaning um, animals that get in a big group and all drop their young at once. Uh, then predators will get some, but they'll, the animals, the babies will quickly be up and running about. Um, and it's a higher, it's more likely to 
survive. Okay. Trees, we had a guy sitting in the seat you're sitting in. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> a forester, and he came on and explained to us. What was that guy's name? He's a good guest. Uh, Michael Snyder. Snyder. He came on and explained to us that they find something similar occurs in populations, communities of trees, where the oaks will, for whatever reason, now and then just totally kick ass and predator swamp the acorns. And you can go into stands of mature trees and find that a lot of those trees, as old as they are, have the same birthday. Meaning there's years that are just really good. They drop so many acorns and then you get a bunch of recruitment. You get a bunch of oak recruitment because deer didn't eat all the damn things. Okay. You following? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. This is not something I've picked up through observation. This was just explained to me. Yeah. So out here, elk are like the example that I think makes the most sense to people. Elk calves. Um, first 48 hours on the ground, most susceptible to predation. Then basically every minute past that 48 hour mark, they're more and more capable of getting up and hauling ass and, and running away. Um, so if you think about making a, a tackle, right? Every tackle takes mm, he's perking, that. He's perking right up. Pursuit, he's a high school football player. That pursuit angle, impact, recovery, <laughs> reset, and do it all over again, mm -hmm. right? It all takes time. Mm -hmm. So Patience. all the predators are out there trying to make these open field tackles on these calves. Wow. And that all takes time. And, you know, they all can't be tackling everyone at the same time. Got you. Can I ask the a question? angle changes. Yeah. Angle, what, um, angles change and there's more of them. There's I balls popping up in everybody's hands. I love when you talk ball to me, Cal. <laughs> 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 this, uh, this viewer who wrote this, yeah. and he's talking about acorns. 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 No, he used acorns, sorry. Is this, is it a big deal? Is this, a, is this a problem? Well, he, like many, um, like many good outdoorsmen, he's a curious student of the woods. Respect mm. that. And so he's just, I think he's just curious. Good. I think that, uh, that, I think that it would be a big deal if you found that you had a really low deer harvest, because it would be, is it that there's no deer around or is it that something else changed, but worth, worthy of discussion. Um, okay. but I think that he's just throwing it out there, but it brings up this, this issue I'm thinking of is, uh, just backing it up by this idea that, that masting trees will seem to like, you don't imagine two different trees are talking to each other, you know, or I, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how they, how it becomes decided by a, a, a stand of oaks that it becomes decided that this year is the year we're all going to just rain down acorns. I have no idea. I'd love to understand it. On, on the successful hunter side of things, there are uh, groups of hunters that will, uh, for whatever reason, be more happy complaining about the fact that there's so many acorns in the woods that the deer won't come out of the woods. And that's why hunting sucks this year. Um, for whatever reason, that is more satisfying to them than changing their stand location to be in the woods. <laughs> makes sense. People right? just love to complain. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's probably the people that are complaining about um, this are probably the people that didn't harvest deer this year. That's yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Normally, I go out the first weekend and the first morning, this is what happens, and it didn't happen this year, yep. so something is majorly wrong. Guy wrote in. This is a good one. Now, you want to talk about stuff that matters. 
I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was asking him. Um, no, when you say that to someone, you're not asking them. No. no I wasn't asking. Make a like, statement. You better yeah, make a yeah, statement. I was making a statement yeah. to you over there. Guy wrote in. Now, we, we've covered on and off uh, the, the, the ins and outs of New Jersey um, experimenting with a bear hunt. They had a bear hunt. They lost a bear hunt. They got the bear hunt back. Thank goodness. Um, they have the highest density, I think, of any state. Bears per unit of space of any state. But this guy said there's a professional harasser. There's a woman, and she, and she has a little posse of people. She lives adjacent to a large block of state land where uh, guys will hunt. And she'll she and this little anti-hunter posse will go out and harass hunters who are coming out of the woods with a bear. And this guy says him and his buddy got a bear. They They put it on a log Indian style he says which is referring to like tying it feet down to a log when I've done that in the past I find it it sways in a very irritating fashion yeah. Um, if you're ever out there doing this get two logs put one over each of your shoulder because when you put it on one log it just starts to what doing get doing yeah it's like a pendulum they hike it out four miles and lo and behold they run into a group of people and so he says that we do what you do in any hiking trail and we go how you guys doing today? <laughs> <laughs> and then proceeded to just get harassed. And then doxed. You guys know what that means? I keep seeing the word pop up. I don't know what it means. Someone so reveals your personal location. info. Someone yeah, reveals like your, your personal address, your personal, yeah. So they, the, this, this, this posse of anti-hunters um, doxes them because they get their license plate numbers. And they're images that they can put out on social media. Uh, they reached out to a game warden who said that they would look into it. And he's like, what can someone do? That is just, that's just cat. That is categorically illegal. I mean, e even New Jersey, even New Jersey has a hunter harassment law. You can't, if someone's legally hunting, it's illegal to come up and annoy them or harass them or try to molest their hunt. It's just like, it's just, illegal the fa if this is true i'm just taking this at face value if this is true and someone said like blew you off like oh i'll take a look into it um it's just it's just it's not it's if it's as presented it's just a it's just a thing where that you, you can't do that that's illegal that should not happen to you maybe hunters in each state should get to know and read the codified anti-hunter laws in their respective states Anti-hunter uh, harassment. Harassment laws. laws. Yep. No. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Because it is like a stupid laws. wording thing, right? Like these people didn't interfere with the hunt. They just harassed them when they came out of the woods with a bear, uh, which, you know, may not make it by the eyes of the law illegal oh. the way it's written, right? Yeah. Um, I would uh, continually be posting pictures of bear ham smoking and bear chili and talking about the amount of people you fed with that bear. <laughs> I like that, Cal. Yeah. Dr. Randall, what did you determine about the quail article? Uh, I was waiting for the uh, the payoff there. Did you, yeah. Is it you who scratched it out? Oh, I just removed it because we seemed to have skipped it. But I want to say a thing of, of interest. from the, yeah. the, the, There's this article we're taking a look at. Um, it's about... Tennessee's quail comeback and AI. And the article tries in very tenuous fashion, in my view, to link 
the use of AI with a quail comeback. And I and the 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 relationship is not how would you put it? There's no correlation. Yeah. However, it's an interesting thing. Um to do surveys to try to locate quail, um, which have been, which are their numbers are doing a little bit better in Tennessee, in certain places in Tennessee. Um, as some people know, and many people in the South have experienced, uh, bobwhite quail numbers or have been at just depressingly low levels across a lot of the traditional range. Um, too many, too many uh, reasons why to name them all. Some people point to fire ants. Some people point to fire suppression. What am I missing? Changes in uh, trapping. Oh, too uh, many mid-sized, yeah. A lot of mid-sized predators. predators because fur prices have been so low. On and on and on. And just talking about guys, researchers being able to put AI to use. Every time you read about AI, you feel like, oh my God, it's so scary. They're coming for my job. But here they're using AI to go out and take recordings, just recording ambient sound, right? So you can place a recording device out in some habitat and it records all the ambient sound. You imagine, well, what are you going to do now? You hire some grad student to listen to tens of thousands of hours of ambient sound recordings to be like, oh, there's one. I heard a quail, <laughs> right? And then log where it was and when it was. And these researchers are able to take all of this. You know, they got 40-some listening devices. They're able to take all of that and, and use AI to scrub out and identify the, the sounds of quail. Yeah, and it, so it makes a case that this gives them a better understanding of, or it's a more useful way to... Closer to actual population. Yeah, but it doesn't actually explain how it causally impacts quail It doesn't numbers. say how uh, quail are recovering. Right. Was the right. fun thing. Well, the, yeah, this brings up one of my favorite things about uh, media, and, and I can say this because I'm in media. Um, the, the, the headline that really overpromises. Yeah. Uh, are you aware of the, the stories? I've done a bunch of work with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever and, and greatly respect the organization. And when you're around, uh, they employ hundreds, literally hundreds of biologists um, at that conservation organization. And when you're around a group of these, the story always pops up. In the spring, they do a lot of nesting surveys. They try to get a, a general population survey um, and then they can submit those numbers and then the state can change the harvest regulations for those individual species. So like Steve was saying with quail, trying to listen for quail. Well, they also listen, they do visual counts with pheasants and they used to team up with all the rural. They used to team up with a lot of rural mail, mail carriers. Oh, okay. And so, and they have these very specific. That's sly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do this very specific criteria of at this time in the morning, you drive this stretch of road and you drive it this fast. And then you report either what you see in the case of pheasants or what you hear in, and in this case, the famous kind of study that they talk about, or the instance rather, is on um, roughed grouse. Because they they uh, the get out and they and they yep. drum and they display and just, sounds that like a sounds Honda like the, generator. It sounds like you're trying to start an old lawnmower. Yeah. I, I can do it perfectly. You ready? No, that's not it. <laughs> it, it it's, it's more like this. Yeah. 
Oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. I think it's Very more like good. this. I love how focused he got, dude. <laughs> yeah. In the zone right yeah. there. Flow state. No, it's like, it's like, uh, boom. No. <laughs> Max had it. <laughs> so I want to say this is northern, it's either Michigan or Minnesota. I apologize for mixing the M states up there, but um, it's Michigan or Minnesota. And, you know, 30-year career of a rural mail, mail route carrier. That's a, that's such a, I never thought of that. That's such a genius thing to do. I'm always impressed when like, I hear, How long you had yeah. this job? He's like, I've been driving this rolls for 20 years. You've been seeing a lot of festivals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the counts are always dismal. Dismal, dismal, dismal. First, you gotta be like, "Do you hunt pheasants?" Because if you hunt pheasants, <laughs> you don't get to participate. You're not the rural carrier. Oh, yeah, you're exactly. not the mail yeah, carrier. Nope. Nothing, nothing here. Nothing. I haven't seen nothing. Not a one. <laughs> yep. Shocking how few there are. And then come around next fall and have a banner pheasant year. This particular dude just just flat out couldn't hear. It was just <laughs> yeah. just freaking deaf. Could not hear that. <laughs> yeah, and so you hear that story uh, often in that in that circle. So that's where AI can can come in handy. Mm-hmm. Kind of eliminates the uh, the bias, you could call Do it. Do a little quality control. And yeah, I got to tell you a quick story. Uh, nothing to do with any of this, but I keep thinking about it. Is Clay was talking to a there's this down in Arkansas. There's this family, these old guys, and they really had just their long run of killing giant bucks. And other people would just get jealous and pissed. And so you, what you do when you're jealous of someone, you start like rumors about them. <laughs> and Clay says to one of these old guys, you know, a lot of people say that you killed all those bucks at night. And the guy says, you know how hard it is to kill one of those bucks in the daytime? Can you imagine doing it in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Being prepared is all about having the right tools. The OnX off-road map and navigation app is the best to find off-road trails and off-grid camping and to use fully functional GPS when you're out of service. And as we all know, that being out of service is usually where the best places start. Plus, there's color-coded public and private land boundaries, which are super handy for finding off-grid camping. And I said it before, but I want to make sure it sticks. Offline maps. What this means is it allows you to access all interactive land and trail data and custom map markups when you're out of service. Just download the map ahead of time. Your phone's internal GPS gives you full navigation capabilities offline so you'll always know where you are and how to get home safely. I've been using OnX for many years. I use it, I'm not joking, on a daily basis. There is zero hunting I do without OnX. Go to onxmaps.com and use code MEATEATER to get 20% off your membership today. Rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing, right? And you probably got rain gear, but you shouldn't overlook sunny day gear. Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite Hoodie has you covered on the sunniest day. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on and having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. 
I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to, especially when this SolarStream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection? We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow, so you don't overheat. What's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head on over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all of their performance fishing gear. Man, I just got a new truck. Before I even drove my new truck anywhere, I wasn't going to drive it anywhere until I put a deck system in it. That's how, that's what a believer I am in decked. I always thought they were a great deal, but now they're even better because they have redesigned their drawer system in storage cases from the ground up. It's like, I didn't know there was a problem with them. I don't know, they seem great to me. It's just an improvement on perfection. The new system, made in the USA, gives you 10 to 30% bigger drawers to fit more gear. It's lockable and secure, right? Weatherproof storage for all your gear. You build it right into your truck bed. You still have a truck bed you can put stuff on. The top deck of the new system has eight D-ring tie-downs integrated into the steel. So you have really burly anchor points to hook stuff down on your bed. So you got to slam on the brakes or take off real fast. Nothing shifts. And like I said, they're, they're, they're D-rings that lay real flat. Like you can still slide stuff right across the deck. It doesn't catch on the D-rings. The D-rings are built in. The drawer system fits any truck or van on the road in the USA from the last 20 plus years. Deck is a game changer. There's no more like leaving stuff at home that you wish you had with you. The stuff I want in my truck is in my truck, out of the way and secure. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Here's some big news. Are we doing this right? We're announcing this now? Mm-hmm. Listeners of the show will probably know um, the Meat Eater Fishing Game Cookbook, which big bestseller. Half a million of those suckers are in, out there in print. Well, the follow-up, the it's usually bad. Phil, would you say it's bad when there's a sophomore effort? Is that always negative? I no. feel it's it's kind of a test. It's you know like like a band will put out a record, it's great, and that's like, well, let's see how their second one it goes. I think this is. But I think that's kind just of, the. I mean, you can have a great sophomore. Yeah, well, record. Yeah, it's kind of like a benchmark. This for is like, the sophomore. It's just. A, I think it's just like an order. <laughs> you know, like order. Got it. So it's not like passing judgment. Yeah. I feel like I read like like the sophomore album didn't do well. Well, well that's, that's, that's the that's, sophomore slump is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, because it's a usual It's slump. tough to follow that's up you on your success the, the with... Weep. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to use that. Okay. The much-anticipated follow-up. <laughs> there it is. The much-anticipated follow-up to the Meat Eater Fishing Game Cookbook is, is publicating... That's not a word. Publishing. <laughs> it's publishing... April 23rd. It's available available for pre-order now wherever books are sold. It is called the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook. Wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, camp stove, and campfire. For a long time, we were going to call the book from the backyard to the back country, but felt that it was too cutesy. But you know what I mean. From the backyard to the back country. But it is the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, Wild Game Recipes for the Grill, Smoker, Camp Stove, and Campfire. This book covers everything in shocking detail, uh, stunning photography of how to take a marmot. This is just kind of making a point up front. How to take a marmot and uh, cook it the way small animals were cooked by Plains tribes on the American Great Plains, for one. 
where they would take small animals and just simply roll them around in the ashes and burn all their hair off and then roast them skin in. We talk about that as a setup, but then it gets into all manner of barbecuing, smoking, everything. Um, camp, camp cookery. It's uh, way more beautiful than our last book. More than a hundred recipes for cooking outdoors. Um, which includes everything down to frying fish, which is best done outdoors. I do mine outdoors. Um, it's cool. It's got a lot of stuff. It has like a real uh, coffee table book quality to it because some of the stuff you might not ever make, but it's so badass looking that you'll just like to look at it. It's gorgeous. Did the beer guts make it? No, the beer guts aren't in it. Mm, that's for the next book, the junior book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> junior book. Yeah. Cal invented a recipe this morning, which is guts and beer. Phenomenal. It was good. 4.5. We will be talking about this cookbook in greater detail later on, but I'm just going to remind everybody now it's available for pre-order pubs, April 23rd. And it is a, if you love the meat eater fishing game cookbook, this is that same great quality, highly tested recipes, but everything for cooking outdoors again, from having a big old party in your yard to cooking for you and your buddy on top of a mountain with a backpack and stove. Everything for outdoor cooking. Now's the part where you guys come in. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, would, I didn't mean that. Would you say April 29th? I got to get that for the old man. 23rd. 23rd. April 23rd? Yeah. Well, we know these guys are fired up on food, so I think it's yeah. beautiful. Get to that segment. Barnes & Noble. Get to where you need to go. Get that hardcover. Let it put it right there. Good as people walk in and go, is that the new... Is that the new sophomore meat eater? Hey, listen, that's a highly anticipated. <laughs> is that the sophomore the highly title? anticipated new one? Yes. You'll have to start pushing this even more a month before Father's Day. Oh, we're gonna push it oh, heavy. Yeah. This is yeah. just a prelude to the push because it's so good. We worked on it. I mean, we worked on it for years. Pre-push. We worked on it for Pre-push. years. That's good. We even had to hire. Uh, I'll tell you this. This will titillate the listeners. And then we're done talking about it. Titillate. We had to hire firefighters <laughs> to be there for some of our preparations. Really. Mm-hmm. Like just in case there was a fire, or because we were doing some of the food? stuff in the summer, and 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 just because of various issues. But I'm saying that's the kind of cookbook this is. Yeah, they also make fire. good, good, good models that... for the photography. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of ways to burn your fingers. <laughs> that should have been the subtitle. Well, let me give you a couple for instances. How to take a we we do so. Everyone knows like burying like luau style pigs, right? Mm-hmm. So how to cook venison shoulders venison legs in a in a half of a oil drum how to put whole ducks and birds just on spikes on sticks and cook them like a ring so you have a fire with a ring of birds roasting on sticks around the fire but also how to throw a kick-ass catfish fry so really technical stuff that like that requires a lot of requires a lot of macgyvering making contraptions, making makeshift grills, making makeshift smokers, using souped up sophisticated smokers. It's all in there. If you like to go outside and cook, this is your book. This is it. What's mm-hmm. your favorite, uh, what's the most unique recipe in there? It's a good question. My favorite one in there isn't even in there, but there's pictures of it in there. <laughs> <laughs> it is, no, it's like one of those things you can't really, it's not really a recipe, but it's the thing you talk about. Mm-hmm. There's two, because they both involve contraptions that I like a lot. Uh, when I, where I grew up, it was, you would, you would, um, like 
if you got married, if your kid graduated from high school, if you turned 40, you would throw a pig roast. You would host a pig roast where you take a whole hog and, and you know, put the apple in its mouth and cook the pig. Yeah. Um, so we do, we have a great little welded up contraption for doing that and talk about that. But it's not so much a recipe. It's like a, it's a procedure. For a recipe, one of my favorite things is if you ever go down when you're in Mexico, particularly down the Yucatan Peninsula, and you see that they're making those tacos El Pastor, mm. where they have that that vertical the spit meat on the, the meat rock, yeah, a vertical spit mounted with layers of mounted with layers down there. It's like layers of pork, and a pineapple sits on top of the spit, and there's a vertical heat source, and so it spins, and then they cut tacos out of that. So that sounds incredible. No, it's yeah. really cool. Tacos El Pastor. Yeah. And I have my buddy Ronnie made me my own one um, when I got married. And that very, uh, it's called a trompo. And that very trompo, I aftermarket rigged it with a motor so you don't have to turn it by hand. But that very <laughs> trompo is in the book. And it's how to make your own Tacos El Pastor so you can be like Mexico and have a sweet taco party with, with we use deer meat. Deer meat on a, vertical spit it's incredible looking it's a real sight it's, it's got eye appeal and that didn't, that didn't make the book just a picture no, that, no that's in the book that's it's very a, detailed description in the book you gotcha. had me doing a hog a roast is like it's like um it's just a thing you gotta talk people through it's a yeah, production it's, yeah it's a process right yeah Dig the hole. Like, is it 75 pounds Dig is it hole, 200 yeah. pounds yeah phenomenal book uh all right we're gonna turn to our guest now Let's Will go. Taylor, how, how do you guys want? Talk about your careers, will you? Your, your other careers, your pre careers. Yeah, yeah, ball. We can talk. We can talk ball. You want that ball? Yeah. Don't. Then you feel bad the whole time. Like, man, we we are pretty worthless in all of these hunting. Conversations. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 There's a level of like because uh, <laughs> you you guys are doers. I like to think of, <laughs> I like think of us as like animals that live in houses, and then our our parents got real just like, hey, we're done with these animals, and they take us out in the woods, and then we met you guys. The yeah, outdoor yeah, yeah. dogs. <laughs> First time they start talking about all this shit, and we're like, "Oh my god, we really have no idea what we're doing here." But yeah, yeah, yeah. Football. We did that. So I played. Uh, I was at the Titans from uh, 2014 until 2022, and that's where Will and I met. But I was, I, as I told you guys before the show, I grew up in Arizona. Went to the University of Michigan. Who I don't know when the show's coming out, but they are playing in the national championship on Monday. Do you still feel an affinity? I uh, so when I first left Michigan, I didn't at all. I was kind of anti-Michigan. And then cool. well, when I was there, it was like 09 to 13, which is when we were just terrible. We're an awful football team. And uh, I and I get drafted, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, whatever. And I played with these guys that went to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, like all these teams that are like winning national championships over and over again. And they had like all this big pride. And uh, when we got Jim Harbaugh, I started to feel a little bit more pride. And then he started doing bad. And I was like, you know, get this guy out of here. What are we doing? <laughs> this guy needs to go. And now, like, this is actually the first year, uh, even before the year, I chose to be, like, a fan. Like, I, wanted, I wanted to buy into being a fan of football and, like, watch a sport, being, like, my first year out of football. So it's been a, it's been a cool I think it's year. kind of a natural progression. You know, if you imagine you grow up somewhere, all you want to do is get out of there. Mm -hmm. You get out of there, and then later you develop a nostalgia and you're like, I should just move back there with my kids. That's exactly, you, know? yeah. you nailed it. Because when I was in Arizona growing up, I was like, the desert, ugly. It's not fun here. I want to go somewhere, somewhere with four seasons. End up going to Michigan. My first winter, I had a pair of Vans on, probably the same jeans I'm wearing now and a zip-up hoodie. And I was like, perfect, winter. <laughs> yeah. Literally, I like, saw snow like two times in my life. 
the first one I was like, if there was a transfer portal, which is now I don't know how familiar you guys are with college football, but you can literally leave whenever you want, essentially. If that was established, I would have sent my ass back to Arizona and I heard. <laughs> I would have gone. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, it wasn't established yet. But now, as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, something about an Arizona sunset, the yeah, desert, yeah. the climate, everything, is it, it's, it's beautiful. We were talking about Cave Creek. It's like the only place in the world where you'll find like an old horse, a truck, and a Ferrari in the same parking lot. Yeah. And just, it's just a, it's such a unique, cool town. Uh, and so there is that level of nostalgia for sure. Yeah. And then you had bad, you had some like bad-ish injuries. Yeah, I did. Uh, More yeah, so recently though. Mostly recently. So I actually was extremely lucky. Like in college. You told me today about getting, getting knocked out on yeah, the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was, a, <laughs> that was getting your bell rung. Getting your bell rung. Yeah, but I didn't know that that could happen. He was telling me that, Taylor was telling me he got hit in a way, and this is the thing that happens to people, where you come to and you're, you're emotional. Emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just told him that to make him feel better about crying. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, no, this is the thing that happens, buddy. How's everybody? Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> emotional. No, you don't a, look like a baby. Yeah, yeah, no, no, now hurry up and get off. Yeah. Uh, Taylor was, was saying, game. though, when he said he's lucky at one point, and please don't let me get this wrong, so jump in. You were with the Titans for seven years. Nine. Nine years. Sorry. And at one point. Quick. Every year counts. Well, right, Cal? Oh, yeah, man. Um, you were like the most tenured person on the entire team. Yeah, my last year, uh, my last two years with the Titans, I was I saw 100% turnover. So I was like the oldest guy in the room. There were a guy that played more years in the league than me in the room, but I was at the, at the Titans for the longest amount of time. And it was a cool experience, too, because our first year, we uh, – my first game, we played the Kansas City Chiefs in in Kansas City, and it was loud. And it was they have this thing during the national anthem. They say, "And the home of the and the whole all, the whole stadium yells Chiefs." That's blasphemous. It's you know, <laughs> <laughs> it and bad. it like it's, call themselves Americans. It startled me, startled me big time. <laughs> and uh, we won two like two games that year, and so my first and then the next year we won three games. And it was like just a, we were a horrible franchise, and we won this big run of going nine and seven a bunch, finally having like a. Winning records, and then 2019, we go to the AFC Championship, played the Chiefs again in Kansas City, and lost. We were up by 10 in the first quarter, but there was a, it was just like it was cool to be a part of something that was so abysmal at one point, and then help like grow it into something that at one point was an actual contender for a Super Bowl. Not not anymore. They're bad, tough year for the boys. Bad, bad, yeah, yeah, tough, yeah. tough year for the boys. Tough year. Tough year. Yeah, but yeah, uh, getting knocked out. We played <laughs> we played the Dolphins in 2018. Longest game in NFL history. In NFL history, oh. there was like. It's like really? seven or eight hours long. What? Holy because yeah. of all, there's a lot of storms, so we'd have oh, to weather go back delay. in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you on the team too? Right? Lightning. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was okay. the year I was on the team. Okay. That was the year we met. And uh, I just signed this deal, and I came out in a Boss Hog outfit, like all white suit, white hat. <laughs> I had a taxidermy beaver with me, and I kind of did this thing like Daddy's here. Kind of, kind I'll of brag thing. for you. Go ahead. Biggest contract for an O-lineman in NFL history at the time. Oh, I, I love it. Uh, I, I love Congratulations. it. Congratulations. That was nice. Yeah. So I made this like big, like, you know, theatrical thing about it. <laughs> and, and Mike Vrabel, the head coach, pulls me in the office. He goes, that was funny. It was good. But I'm just letting you know there's going to be guys that don't like that. And sure enough, dude, we throw a pick. Oh, there's guys that don't like yeah. uh, ostentatious. A little bit of, <laughs> of getting wild. Is this yeah. is that it? Yeah. So we play the Dolphins in Miami. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it right there. Oh, my goodness. And uh, we play the Dolphins. We throw a pick, and it's like towards our sideline. I'm, I take pride. I used to take pride. After this, I never took pride in it again. But like hawking down, trying to get a couple stats. Get a tackle, like we talked about, yep. being patient, mm-hmm. trying to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude's coming down, and I'm starting to run like this, and I'm looking, and all of a sudden, boom, lights are out. And it's a, there's actually, I mean, it's kind of funny, but there's a hilarious video on YouTube of me, like, dead-bodied 
on the floor. And uh, our teams like start, it was a dirty hit. So like our team and the Dolphins like start getting in a, in a scrum and I pop up because I like go from being unconscious to very conscious. <laughs> and I'm like looking, I see everybody fighting and I go to get in it. And like people, trainers are grabbing me, like Kevin Byard or safety. I think there's a picture of you right there too, grabbing me. Yeah. Like, hey Taylor, no, 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 you got knocked out. You got knocked out. And I was like, well, you know, they just, and I just start crying, like tears pouring down my face. I'm like talking normal. And our center, Ben Jones, like takes a towel and like puts it over my head. Like he's embarrassed for me. Like, just, <laughs> listen, brother, you need to get to the locker room as soon as possible. But yeah, that was a, that was a bit of a deal. That that little knockout situation. You seen it? I'm watching it right now. Yeah, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, uh, dude, there's a dude on the Miami sideline just looking at the camera, yelling "body bag, body bag." <laughs> <laughs> the defensive line coach yeah. on the Dolphins is like giving him a fist bump. I was like, oh. Andre Branch is his name. He was a backup. <laughs> so oh. did you? <laughs> yeah, you throw him in there. you know. So was it was it a clip or it was just? No, it was a full. So it was far a full outside of the play. That, yeah, okay. the, the next year they actually made that play illegal. That that type of hit illegal. One of those so. ones where uh, you know Taylor's oh, yeah. like pursuing to go get the ball mm -hmm. carrier and. Whoever's coming to block him, they don't even see him. So you're just like licking your traps, like yeah, I'm about to tee off on this guy. Right, mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. Sure enough, yeah. I don't how know. do they define? How do they define when they made it illegal? How do they define it? What's it called? I, I, it's like a defenseless player. So like, if you're not aware of the situation, if I'm pursuing you and someone's coming from this side, I would be defenseless from your hit. Right. I would have to be aware of your hit coming in. God, how are you supposed to keep all that straight? There's so it, many crazy it's rules. It's been now. A, like a transition for a lot yeah. of guys. Offensive tackles, big, big target to tee off on too. Yeah, like, if you, yeah. Oh, yeah, if it, they're not looking. Yeah, <laughs> you got to tee off on them. You don't want to because you're thinking you're about to get swallowed up by this boy. My goodness! <laughs> Whoa! <So> <laughs> did you? Hey, all right. Did you get some tackles? Over your yeah, career? I think I had like four or five. I used really? to do Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wow. would do a good little spell. Yeah, yeah, JP, check that stat. Check that stat. I think I had like four or five throughout my career. All not, of a sudden, you were season. like, I can run. Watch out. Oh, yeah. You boys yeah. are a little athletic out there. I All was right. moving. People be like, white boy moving now, like that. Now, you know, I don't want to continue to hype the boy, but you got to hype the boy when the time is necessary. Did you, do you have the record for 40 time at the combine? No, top. it was top 10. When I did the did the comments, some dude ran like a four six one time. Oh, gotcha. But I hit that four eight five forty. And nobody tried to like pull you out to tight end or something like. No, I, I was ripping at three ten. Like when you're of that size, nice. That's when, nice. Yeah, that's when you're. And you don't want to. You don't want to try to move out that. This is tackles were a lot of for Randall to aspire cool. to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. smart position. Yeah, on it's the, the line, blind right? side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you yeah. want to? He's like, no, baby. I was talking to this guy the other day that was three ten. Yeah, <laughs> I feel pretty good right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like all famous. And if you're if you're looking from like a from a career standpoint, like a tackle, a left tackle specifically is like a highly like a highly yeah. touted, very high paid. Position. It's a premium position because it's very low, low supply and extremely high demand. Well, you're going to zip out and hit guys like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, when he goes second level. Yeah. yeah. And Will yeah. and I, we actually played each other in college too. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played each other a few times. What was it? What are we, 2012. Did you know you played each other? Were you No, not at other? the time. No, yeah. not until we well, met. Hey, you see a white guy, a white linebacker with a last name Compton, you're going to remember that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to remember that guy. There was, sure. uh, it was the first time we played against each other. I think it was 2015, maybe no, the 14. First, in the league, yeah, but the first time we played each other. When was your other, rookie year? 2014. Okay, so 14. We played where, at the Redskins, or at the Commanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Mm. At, at Washington. Yeah. But we played each other in college once, too. Twice in college. Twice in college. You got, got one. I got one. One and one. And then you one won. One and one in uh, and the, the NFL. NFL. Yeah. 
But the was, first time we saw each other, like Taylor's saying, like you see another white guy on the field, you're kind of like, hey, we're kind of doing hey, it. We're, we're, kinda, we're beating the odds, right? <laughs> we're beating the odds. Like the first play happened, I remember like tapping him on the helmet the first time we ever, <laughs> yeah. we were just Had on, him the on the field. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're doing it out here, brother. Yeah, we're yeah, getting yeah, it going. Yeah, surviving advance. Surviving advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, uh, for, especially for linebacker, like offensive line, you can, there's a, a plethora of white dudes out there. And I don't want to turn this into a white thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not what the show needs to be about. But we, there is very, like a lot of times, not a whole lot of white guys on the defensive side of the ball. I think there was a bunch of times you were on the field, only white Solo dude. dolo. Solo. Yeah, it's it's White chocolate out yeah. there ripping white around. White chocolate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soul Patrol. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's an interesting world, man. But it, we uh, we met in 2018. And we'll talk about your career. I've been going yeah, off yeah. about mine. Yeah, yeah well, he, well he, he did you a great yeah, service. I'll do. Of do you rolling out your, highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, so are you, you a, can you reciprocate? When he starts, I'll interject. Trust me, I'm great at interrupting people. <laughs> I will definitely. When I, when I find my moment, I'll be You'll here. throw it in there? Yeah, yeah. So... Out of Missouri. Right. Out Let's of Missouri, my career. I thought I was going to be- Out of Compton, Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Small town, Bonterre, Missouri. Shout out, Bonterre. I uh, thought I was going to be the next Walter Payton as I was growing up and realized fairly Because you're just quickly, way better than everybody. Yeah, as a running back. You know, you're playing both ways and you're, you want to be an offensive guy. You want to score touchdowns. But you learn very quickly that that's not going to be your future. Uh, got recruited, went to Nebraska, played at Nebraska for five years, went undrafted, was with Washington for five years. The Titans for two and the Raiders for two, but the Titans and Raiders, I was like, 2018, I was on the Titans that year. Then I was a free agent, went out to Oakland. Then I was a free agent, back to the Titans. Then I was a free agent and then went with the Las Vegas Raiders late that year. And then that's that's kind of been that's kind of been my journey. More of a road dog, more of a road dog. Can than you the big guy. just explain the mindset of a free agent versus a mindset of a what would you assigned player what what's the contract player the mindset like what do you mean like uh like if the contract is coming up or yeah because you're not it's they're all one one year yeah when you're on your rookie deal you have like a three or four year deal depending on where you got drafted like being undrafted i was on a three-year deal if you're drafted you play four years and if you're in a if you're a first rounder there's a fifth year option so there's a lot of those business dynamics that go into it uh, but fortunately, I got to play for Washington for five years. The first year, I was practice squad the whole year. And then the second year, which is where my initial contract basically kicked in, like they kind of had me hostage from the business standpoint for a couple of years. Um, and I mean, I was kind of like cutting my teeth in Washington in year two to where I was, I established myself going into year three and four for sure, or year three, years three through five. So that mindset was more of like, you know, you felt like you were, you know, you were part of the bigger picture. You were looking on when you were going into the off season, you're like looking to build on the year you just had or which guys are we going to bring in who potentially you might draft. I know for myself, the position I was in every draft for me every year, you didn't want a team to draft anybody in your spot because you kind of just, you know, the pecking order that kind of happens in the politics of it all. Like with Tennessee, I became a free agent, signed to Tennessee on kind of a, a low one year for two deal. Um, and it was kind of one of those situations where it's kind of like a prove it deal. So you, yeah. want, you want to play well in that year to get like a two, three, four year deal, right? And that year when I signed with Tennessee, the draft comes around, they draft a linebacker in the first round. So you're I like, remember, oh, you got the cross. Yeah, I remember, my back I, I remember sitting at the bar in Germantown in Nashville. And uh, I was just thinking, damn, like you just kind of know what time it is. Like that guy's going to play. So, you know, you got to kind of be like fluid. It's like a very fluid mentality because, you know, there are times like when I got done with with Tennessee that first year where when we started the podcast, my mindset was I've put together six years 
And I'm basically just going to bet on my resume because I now, I don't, I've tasted it too much to where I don't want to be a guy on a 90 man roster and try to make the 53. Like in my brain, like I'm a 53 guy. So I'll just bet on guys getting hurt and then getting called up or signed in the middle of the year, right before the season starts and kind of took that approach for the rest of my career. Unless I was able to establish myself again to get like a multi-year deal, which didn't happen, but I, I got to take that same approach. So that's kind of like how it changes. Yeah. Like if you're, you know, in Taylor's spot and he can, he can speak to this, but when you're in, when you're in those spots where you're part of the future and everything else you might go back to the table and start renegotiating a year maybe two in advance to kind of lock in your future like taylor was a guy who never wanted to go anywhere else which is you're not telling that to the organization right. because you're, trying to, business, game of, you're trying to play that game you're trying to play that game of leverage <laughs> yeah. but ultimately you try and get yourself locked into that same situation because you hate switching locations you but is there the that. same level of comfort in your position as a free agent as opposed to somebody who's got this multi-year contract. I can't no. imagine. Comfort, no, 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 no. Not at all. No, yeah, yeah not at all. Like, there's, like, I feel like only the paranoid survive in the NFL. Yeah. Like, you have to be paranoid yeah, at all times. Yeah, someone like... else. We had another player on recently. Uh, Derek Wolf was on. Oh, Derek. Good oh, dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for the he had a couple things he talked about. One thing he talked about is just that, um, that sense of someone's coming for you. Mm. At all There's times. someone coming up that wants your job. You're always fighting, you know what I mean? You, you're never, like, just relaxed into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's always some kid coming out of college who wants your job. Always. There, there's, different, <laughs> there's different levels to that, obviously. Like, in, in Will's position, being uh, an undrafted cat and working to get on the roster those first couple of years and fighting through the fringe, essentially, to become an established part of a, a franchise is one thing. When you're drafted, like I was drafted in the first round, you have to f- mess up really bad to, like, get, essentially not have those three, four years. So you, some guys will kind of take a back seat. Oh, I'm good. I made some money, all that. But if you don't constantly think to yourself, hey, someone's going to try to take something from you. There's some kid that's a freshman in college right now that's going to get drafted and try to take your job. Like there always has to be some sort of like, they're coming, they're coming feeling. Yeah. Like there's like some sort well, of and, paranoia. And, and, it really, yeah. really is in like your a, situation too, like, you know, when you care about what you're doing and you want to play at a really high level or perform any job at a high level, like, and you're a first rounder, like you want to be able to hold the standard of, I want to be the guy that they think I am throughout your career. So then when you do have a lows, like I know that just goes on in your mind. Like, man, I gotta, I gotta play better. They thought they expected me to be a starter this year. I don't feel like I'm playing at starter level. Like all these different paranoias are constantly in your head. There's a a big world for self-doubt, a massive world for self-doubt. And it's like a very ruthless and cutthroat business. Cause you, when you go to college, if you, if you're lucky enough to get offered to a school, you're there for three to five years. Mm -hmm. If you can leave early, you do. And sometimes you're redshirt and you, you do the whole thing. Will and I both redshirt and played the four years after that. But when you go to the NFL, it's like if you're a cat that's, let's say, fourth round to, to undrafted, you are you don't have two, three, four years to develop. It's like Even you, if you signed that three, four-year deal. Right. So there's guys, I remember the first time cuts would happen. And back in 2014, the way cuts were, there's four preseason games. And then the third preseason game, they would go from a 90-man roster to a 75-man roster. And then after the fourth preseason game, you go 75 to your 53, which is your your team. And then you have about 10 guys on practice squad who aren't getting paid salary, like the salary you would get if you're in the NFL, but you're you're there, you're practicing, you don't have to be at the games, that type of thing. And you'd be around guys that are like kind of excited about the season. How do you think we're going to do? And then two weeks later, they're, you know, weeping, bringing their playbook because they know they're getting cut right then and there. And you just, it just, you have to change your mindset in such a hurry to know that, okay, there's no time to develop like any 
weak point in your game that will expose you, you better work on that craft immediately. Otherwise, you could be sent out the door at any moment. Mm-hmm. And and with obviously all sports, but with football too, like it is, it's such a performance based business. Like you're you're going to practice, you're watching every rep of practice with in front in the team meeting and position meetings. Then you got to you know refocus for the next day. The highs and lows. Like you're just constantly being evaluated every day. So there's never a, a there's never a level of like comfort, even if you are good, because you still want to play at a very high level. Like every guy who's in a starting lineup ultimately like wants to be a Super Bowl champion or they want to attain being a pro bowler. Like they all want to be the best. If you're a guy who's a backup, you're kind of just waiting for opportunity to be a starter. If you're kind of like third or fourth string or kind of on that fringe, you're just, you're trying to fight so you can be part of that crew who gets to look at each opponent, you know, as like something to look forward to versus like your team is all of your opponents because Mm -hmm. you've got to like make the team. So there's always like a different level, but it's like performance based every day. Like so ever, with with the path you took, do you ever do you ever get money? Like, sorry, a chance to make real money, or is it is it real? Like you're sort of living hand to mouth all the time. Uh, no, I yeah, I, I had opportunities. It was like so practice squad. You know, if you get if you're playing on practice squad, like my practice squad salary, my very first year was a hundred and twelve thousand was the salary. Oh, see, okay, good. Yeah. yeah, so you're making solid money, uh, but compared to being yeah. active you're making my rookie salary say i was playing that very first year it's like 450 and then it goes up more after that your chance to make the big money is in your second contract your third contract i know for me my biggest one i had was that one year for two uh with tennessee and when i was like a restricted free agent but the year to year after that i was like a one-year minimum guy but the longer you're in the league the more that floor goes up Got it. But if you're like, you know, Taylor can speak to this, like when you're you're trying to get that second contract, when they tell guys like you got a lot of, you know, X, Y, Z, like Taylor's a cat to where, hey, in year four, when did, when did you sign your deal? Year four? Year four going in, going into five. Yeah, going into five. Like Taylor, he put, you know, he took advantage of all those first four years to put himself in a position to make that lucrative deal and that's where guys where the guarantees happen like you know a five-year deal for x amount of millions of dollars and then after that again in the nfl you just basically take your salary or your contract and cut it in half like if you're a five-year guy the majority of vets who sign like a five six-year deal like think two or three because once you're guaranteed money's up they're gonna you're back to having to earn it at all times at all times it's Hmm. yeah it's a bit of a deal man it really is Mm-hmm. So t- tell how you tell how you then met. Yeah, so I kind of I told you, you in the truck a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah we wanna, can bounce back. You want to tell her love story? You want me to do it? We can go back and forth. You're, you're, it's it's really cute because you guys friends thought you'd be best friends. Yeah, so uh, Will coming from it's the super Red, cute. coming yeah. from the Redskins. I remember I was sitting in the cold tub and just kind of you know surfing the bird Twitter at that at that point, and uh, I see this tweet or it's an article. It's like Will Compton signs with the Tennessee Titans. He will be best friends with Taylor Lewan. Blake, La- Blake, yeah, Blake Lawrence had the tweet, mm-hmm. and then that tweet was used. Like they just had a yeah. feeling you'd get along. It was like getting your marriage arranged. And yeah, I was yeah. like, kind of like, hell yeah, dude. Who, who's my best friend gonna get here? <laughs> and so Willie shows up, and uh, they, it, they were clearly right immediately. Like we established our friendship very quickly. Our friend- what was it that they were anticipating you were going to bond over? I just think we both, like when you're in the media, when you do media, some guys handle themselves saying as little as possible. Some guys just stick with the game plan. I was much more theatrical. Will is a wordsmith with his thumbs, the way he was putting out tweets <laughs> and stuff that, like that. Yeah, that review of the of the gut beer. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, exactly. He Very reviewed impressed. The, he reviewed that dish. Yeah. And I thought, I, I thought he had 
studied up <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and made up a thing ahead of time. Yeah. Like he'd been sitting there the whole time being like, this is what I'm going to say. Yeah, when I get, <laughs> it, was it was great. When I get a bite of that stuff, here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very premeditated. Will Compton is very premeditated the way he handles himself. But for whatever reason, people are like, these guys are going to be, they're going to be boys. And, uh, I don't, the first time we met was probably in the, in the, the lunch hall. Yeah. The probably, yeah, probably <laughs> breakfast club. Yeah. Cause Campanero, like, um, me being a free agent coming in, you're kind of like uh, leading to the other free agents who just get signed because you're like the new guys, right? So we would sit at breakfast and, you know, chop it up and have fun and laugh and stuff. And I remember one time, yeah, Taylor came over and like sat down like, hey, boys, what are we talking about? I'm trying to laugh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of like just grew from there. I mean, um, I stayed at this, the Candlewood Suites. It was like a hotel right down from the facility. Just Classiest had, place in yeah, the swankiest yeah, 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 part yeah, of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And yep. that's where Places they was, that's where they put the free agents and you'd basically just prolong your stay until you felt like you had an idea of if you were going to be, you know, with the team for a year because you don't want to sign into a, a year lease and thinking I might get cut. Um, so do you got to live with other dudes who are trying to make it too? No. no well, the minute you're outside of your rookie deal, you don't get paired up with roommates anymore. But gotcha. when you're a rookie in those first couple of years, like you, they would put you with guys in the hotel, like when the team's going to the hotel. Then it's just all competition all the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. all the time. There's got to be some real hits and misses on the roommate situation. Yeah, right? I, had, <laughs> I had not to get too off tangent. I, my very first roommate, he had a he did a terrible job at missing the rim at night going to the bathroom and he never cleaned it up and it blew my mind blew my mind and he would shave and get stuff all over the sink and i'm just thinking bro we're sharing this you sound a little squeamish to me yeah, yeah I, you just go in and like you know you're going in the middle of the night and you step in some piss and you're just thinking what are we yeah. doing brother like turn the light on <laughs> figure it out um he but, wasn't a kicker was he no no he's an, he's a, he, he an offensive lineman i mean there's some dirty animals dirty yeah, on yeah the offensive linemen are traditionally yeah. very gross individuals oh, but uh yeah and then we started bonding over you know when as we circled to the podcasting world we bonded over a lot of podcasting rogan uh ben greenfield he's big into like a lot of performance stuff biohacking and so with our you know what we were doing we we called each other accountability buddies to where we'd be doing the sauna the cold tub like we'd be doing all the stuff with each other yeah. and then taylor would always you know he's somebody who he, when he lo he loves he loves hard so he would always want me to come over to his house like every day he would be like, he would just open it up for me every day so it, he was kind of like the He's kind of like the one, like, hey. You kind of like a big yeah. brother, though. Yeah, yeah. kind of like a big brother. I forced him to be a friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. He would call <laughs> me. He'd move. call me. I'd be on speakerphone with him and his wife, who I'd yet to meet. Like, I was just telling Taylor about this tweet you had. <laughs> like, uh, remember Malcolm Butler? Like, yeah, he yeah, talked yeah. about, I thought you was a kicker, because you seemed like you got a construction worker body. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then it, it would just, just well, ascend it from there, man. We, yeah. were, we were boys. We were boys. Can you guys do your handshake? This little thing right there? I don't know where that that's is. a small one. We yeah, got a bigger yeah. one. So there's a big hug involved and stuff like that. And that was what April, May, and then he's inviting me to his wedding, which was in June. And I yeah. felt very like you I'm felt not quick. like the most committal. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. And they're like, no, you're going. You have to go. You have to go. Like we already did. We already got the spot for you. Yeah. You have to go. The room's taken care of. You have to be yeah. there. You're yeah. just gonna buy your flight. We ordered. Just, yeah. We ordered yeah. your chicken breast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Catering is this much per plate. Don't yeah. be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then from there, man, we just we worked out together in the summer at uh at uh, the uh, Vanderbilt University. Yep. Uh, that's where we trained together in the off season, and then we just we kicked it off once the season hit, and we were just that was the, that's, that's the homie. That's awesome. That's Good story. Well told. Yeah. 
Being prepared is all about having the right tools. The OnX off-road map and navigation app is the best to find off-road trails and off-grid camping and to use fully functional GPS when you're out of service. And as we all know, that being out of service is usually where the best places start. Plus, there's color-coded public and private land boundaries, which are super handy for finding off-grid camping. And I said it before, but I want to make sure it sticks. Offline maps. What this means is it allows you to access all interactive land and trail data and custom map markups when you're out of service. Just download the map ahead of time. Your phone's internal GPS gives you full navigation capabilities offline, so you'll always know where you are and how to get home safely. I've been using OnX for many years. I use it, I'm not joking, on a daily basis. There is zero hunting I do without OnX. Go to onxmaps.com and use code MEATEATER to get 20% off your membership today. Rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing, right? And you probably got rain gear, but you shouldn't overlook sunny day gear. Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite Hoodie has you covered on the sunniest day. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite Hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to, especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection? We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow, so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head on over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all of their performance fishing gear. Man, I just got a new truck. Before I even drove my new truck anywhere, I wasn't going to drive it anywhere until I put a deck system in it. That's how, that's what a believer I am in decked. I always thought they were a great deal, but now they're even better because they have redesigned their drawer system in storage cases from the ground up. It's like, I didn't know there was a problem with them. I don't know, they seem great to me. Just an improvement on perfection. The new system made in the USA... Gives you 10 to 30% bigger drawers to fit more gear. It's lockable and secure, right? Weatherproof storage for all your gear. You build it right into your truck bed. You still have a truck bed you can put stuff on. The top deck of the new system has eight D-ring tie-downs integrated into the steel. So you have really burly anchor points to hook stuff down on your bed. So you got to slam on the brakes or take off real fast. Nothing shifts. And like I said, they're, they're, they're D-rings that lay real flat. Like you still slide stuff right across the deck it doesn't catch on the d-rings the d-rings are built in the drawer system fits any truck or van on the road in the usa from the last 20 plus years deck is a game changer there's no more like leaving stuff at home that you wish you had with you the stuff i want in my truck is in my truck out of the way and secure go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping um yeah i got a question so you guys have both like switched teams and moved what's that like on like your wife's and girlfriend's like, is that tough? Yeah. I, you know, the, the time when Oakland, or especially if you have kids too, I'm sure that's, yeah. I mean, my wife that I have now, we weren't, we were, we were just together when I went from Washington to Tennessee. Then I talked her into moving to Tennessee. And then as we, I forget if we were engaged when I went to Oakland. No, I don't think I was. Cause that was the year I engaged. I proposed to her, but, um, 
Yeah, when you're leaving. So the Oakland situation happened, and that was like the last, that was middle of the year. I was with the Saints for like a cup of coffee, like 10 days in <laughs> the, for the fourth preseason game. They called me up, and I was like, oh, man, I'm about to sign with the team right before the season starts. I didn't have to do any training camp. I didn't have to bang. Which is, training camp's <laughs> the worst The worst. Time of so I didn't, have to, I didn't have to be out in the heat. I didn't have to do all that stuff. I'm like, man, I'm about to be on the squad, like just from, you know, from the start of the season. I get hurt in the fourth preseason game get a uh, injury, get cut, injury settlement, and then I'm kind of like on the couch until middle of the year, and then that's when Oakland called. There was a big part of me that didn't want to go at the time, and I think it's just because I just didn't want to travel and I was just kind of being a bitch. Um, but my wife, you know, she you know, she basically like, hey, you got to go. You know, you have to go. It does suck, but ultimately you know it's for a short period, like two months tops at that time. Uh, and so then, you know, when the season was over, she'd come out and visit. Then I'd come back home. And I never really had to do it, like, while we were married, while we were with a kid. I almost did last year when I signed with the Atlanta Falcons, um, which that would have been weird. But, again, I would have only been gone for, like, a month or two. So I never had to experience it at the level of, that other guys have. Like, we, we've had teammates to where they have a house or a place in the city, like, say, Nashville, and then – their, their family stays back because they might have kids who are already going to school and stuff. Yeah. So they don't want to take them out of school like some of the older heads. And so they would just travel back and forth whenever they could or just host them out for a game. Yeah. When we went to the Raiders that one time for those couple of months, we the Titans actually played the Raiders in Oakland. It was like the second to last game in uh, Oakland. Yeah, yeah, ever. in the Coliseum. Yeah. And there was this kid there. He's like now one of the best pass rushers in all of the NFL. His name is Max Crosby. He went to Eastern oh, yeah. Michigan. He's yeah. an absolute stud. stud. And he apparently, like, Will walked in, and he's like, yo, the boy, which is, like, kind of, like, our call thing for uh, busting with the Boys, is, like, he would, like, watch the show. He was, like, about it. It's cool. Well, we go to play the, t- play the Raiders, and Will tells Max, he's like, every sack you get on Taylor, I'll give you $500. <laughs> like, Will was <laughs> plotting my demise before the game. The NFL's hard enough, and then you're putting, like, <laughs> yeah. a financial incentive yeah. under it. Thank God it didn't happen, Yeah, bro. it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> That's amazing. I was That's stressed amazing. out about that. What, because uh, we, we did throw out some some stats there for Taylor. The, the sacks are the thing when you're a linebacker. The thing. Yeah. Did you ever get anybody? Oh, brother. Get anybody. <laughs> if you want to... Let if me you tell you something. If you want to pull it up, you'll, I'm sure you'll find it. But there's, a, there's a sack out there that's floating around that people like to reflect on once a year. And when I say people, I mean myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had, I had one sack to my name. One sack. Sam Bradford. dabbed on him as well (laughs) it was uh it was a it was one of the highs of my career for sure and then you know i don't want to get two three interceptions nice how many tackles uh it's in the 300s oh wow gotta love the tackles so you were you playing outside no i was uh, i was inside off the ball okay so i was never like a yeah 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 you see the short arms like i I, i'm no pass (laughs) as pass rush expert uh, Taylor blocked me a couple times in practice, which really pissed me off because they were walkthroughs. But uh, <laughs> it was a job never, was never, a I was and he never just gifted. You out here. Yeah, yeah, never well, gifted in the uh, pass rush category. Yeah, because Will would be—he's an off-the-ball linebacker inside yeah. the box, and he's got the green dot. Play from dot. the neck up. Yeah, we're playing from the neck. He's up. instinctive. <laughs> here we go. Compliments. Will is an extremely <laughs> instinctive, able to see formations of offenses and know essentially where the ball is going to go. If it's going to be a run or a pass, like the man is a student of the game. But when he was with the Titans, there were a few situations where they would, <laughs> it would be, it'd be a call that would send them into a bare front. And a bare front is like, end, tackle, nose, tackle, end. And so it's like five down linemen, but you're taking a Mike linebacker and you're putting him at the end spot. And they put Will on me and it was a run play. <laughs> 
and he's my boy, so I kind of wanted to give him a little bit of the give him a little bit of business. Let him know what daddy was working with a little bit. It was a jog through. <laughs> yeah, it was a jog through. Let him know who's boss. So I took him to the sideline one time. He's like, "Yo, what the? F- what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing out here? Get on, man." Yeah. But, you got to uh, finish through. I mean, got to play to the whistle. There's, there's a funny. They're watching we were the whole in, time. We were in Arizona one time. We were like, we're you know, banged up a little bit, and we're we laid through in the YouTube and through on like the 2012 Michigan versus Nebraska game. It was in in Nebraska, and we were watching a whole bunch of like we were just watching the game, like reminiscing on all oh, this is what this call is like. Just a couple of guys, yeah. a couple of has-beens, really enjoying looking at their old craft. And there was one play like Michigan was getting dusted and. I got a hold of Will on one play and took him to the sideline. Will threw a punch at me in the game. Yeah, it was a close yeah, fist. Yeah. It was a close <laughs> fist thrown at me. And then Taylor was like, hey, who's yeah, yeah, Taylor? Yeah. Taylor looked at the ref like, hey, who's Yeah, I was crying <laughs> like a little bitch. <laughs> oh, we worked that. him, though. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Our quarterback got hurt. but So we uh, we duck hunted today and shot yesterday. What t- Talk about your pre, um, in the past, what kind of firearms experience you guys have? Uh, I mean, I go on a, an annual hunting trip with the boys. We have a little Texas group that goes down in South Texas once a year, but uh-huh. I wouldn't consider it a whole lot of hunting. Uh, whitetail and nil guy. Okay. And then oh, some hogs. We've gotten the hog hut a couple times, oh. but that's a lot of fun. Uh, but growing up, I didn't do a whole lot. Like my dad, unfortunately massacred a whitetail in front of me when I was a young pup. And uh, I never went back in the woods after that. Um, really turned you off. Yeah, it turned me off. And huh. and because like deer season was always like in football season, and I just never had that itch to like go hunting. You know, we he didn't you have wanted his, to pl- you want to play. Didn't, yeah, well, he didn't Will have said it. that there were uh, there was like a re- it was like a reload follow up shot situation. Oh Which, yeah, so probably five know. six shots. It was my dad was not happy about it. Like I mean, it wasn't you know he he hated it. He hated it. He hated it for me. He hated it for everybody. But my dad, my old man, we didn't have like a tree center on, so we'd just be sitting against a tree, and I'm like falling asleep half the time. So I'm thinking like, man, I don't really care to hunt a whole lot right yeah. now. Uh, so I just never really got into hunting. Um, but like I've been you know clay shooting a few times, so not a whole lot, but I guess enough to to work around the barrel a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was, I mean, I've been clay shooting probably a handful of times. My dad used to take me a little bit when I was like 11 or 12, but really never been hunting. I've, I've been in two different hunting situations. One, I was down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with one of my buddies and his grandpa had like a tree stand in the backyard and we kind of just sat there for two, three hours. And I just thought, what are we doing out here, man? <laughs> Is that what you said? You saw that a patience. butterfly. Yeah, yeah. So I saw, I saw, literally, I remember sitting there, I saw a butter, uh, butterfly and a bunny rabbit. And I literally just followed the butter, butterfly for a while. <laughs> got bored, went down. I, I literally thought to the myself. patience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe I just yeah. take out this bunny with this 30-06 real quick. Just, but I didn't. I didn't. You didn't? No. And then uh, that, was, that was it. And then a couple years ago, I had a buddy in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Ford, Ford Tomlin. He took me, his family's got a farm. And we went turkey hunting. It was like the last week of turkey season. Did not see one turkey. Did you hear any? Yeah, I heard a couple. That's the best that, part. You I heard know what a that couple. sounds like? What's that? You want to know what that sounds yeah, like? Yeah, go, go ahead, Max. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us? <laughs> Anybody that tells a turkey story, you can tell if he's a turkey hunter. When mm-hmm. he gets to the gobble part, he doesn't do a gobble. He goes, pow. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good turkey? You got a good turkey? No, it's pow. That's what it is. Pow. So I didn't see nothing. And so... Um, yeah, but so I've shot a gun a couple of times, but literally today was the first like organized hunt that was successful for me. Yeah. And it was, I, I told you while we were sitting in the blind, I will go back. I will, I will come back here. I will go anywhere and do it again. That was awesome. You guys were a really quick study shooting. And I know you've been done some shooting before, so mm-hmm. whatever. You, you didn't come in being like, I know all about this. Get mm-hmm. out of my way. Yeah. Um, 
but Cal and I were talking about it and we were talking about how the hunting with you, seeing you shoot, um, why it was so fun. It was like you spent your whole lifetime getting coached and absorbing information. Um, and then of trying to apply that information, right? Mm -hmm. Hand eye coordination, situational awareness. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, like you want to be successful, mm-hmm. competitiveness, yeah, drive, yeah. It makes you realize that I, I was saying to Cal, like you spend your whole life trying to get good at something, and then you see someone get, like, be proficient at some aspect of it really quickly, and you you sort of wishing that they can't figure it out. Like, well, it just goes to show how constructive all these years yeah. have been. Yeah. Like, yeah. These guys yeah. can't hit a duck to save their lives, yeah. and you're like. Oh shit! They hit ducks just like all my friends do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been duck hunting since they're nine. Hey, Steve, Steve, now you missed a few clays yesterday. I uh, yeah, I did. you did have to say yeah. that. I did. I would say that the clay shooting part was more nerve wracking than the first duck coming out. Yes, because it was all of us me- really meeting for the first time, and you're like Jimmy rigging oh, this thing on a tire, worse, dude. There's nothing. Right, worse, we're gonna try yeah. to get a couple, and we'll being a brave boy like it's like oh, I'll go first and he misses it I'm like fuck I'm gonna miss <laughs> I'm gonna miss everything I think part about duck hunting too is like you're so in the moment and like you just kind of black out and your instincts take over yes like that's what happens to me a lot and it's just like you, the minute you start to think about it is when you start to miss right. I feel like I shoot so much better when it's hunt. just like a fast well, one plus coming. I'll point out that a, a duck is about six times bigger than a clay pigeon yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I shoot so much better when I'm not standing there being like okay I'm gonna say ready and then when I say ready this is all I'm gonna yeah. do and I'm yeah. not gonna do that it's just better when you just do it yeah it's like something just comes in and you're like oh boom we used to put people through something just excruciating and still do it as we did yesterday um, which is like in filming filming uh, meat eater episodes you know oftentimes you'll have someone come in and they flew in with their rifle mm-hmm so then it's like, well, we got to go test your rifle. We got to check your rifle, make yeah. sure it didn't get this, didn't get knocked off mm-hmm. of zero. So then here's this person, you know, they just got off a plane. There's like eight people staring at them. <laughs> you put the target out there. And you, you know? always <laughs> have some place to be. That's yeah. the most fun part. You're so always like, on a schedule where it's like, you know, the, Hey, we got to get going. It's getting dark. It's getting dark. Yeah. Yeah, We're yeah. all eight going to watch you shoot. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> And it's gonna be really go awkward. Dinner. It's gonna yeah. be the only person that's gonna be more awkward for if you shoot poorly. Is it's gonna feel awkward for me, so I'm gonna resent you for that reason. It's gonna look very awkward yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, we started shooting yesterday. Just it get real quiet. Everyone standing <laughs> yeah, behind yeah. you, and All it's right, like you guys cool. are kind of pretend you didn't see it. You just guys like are like look away. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you, you guys are one? like the uh, the brand in the outdoor game, and you know. I won't speak for you, but I know coming out here, I didn't necessarily have my arms all the way around that. And then the buzz of us coming out here from my buddies or people that knew we were coming, it almost put a little bit more, it put more pressure on us or more pressure on me. Like when we put out a photo and like everyone's like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And you're just thinking, Man, these guys, yeah, I knew they were good, but I didn't know it was like, the following was like this. So everything we're out there doing, I'm just thinking like, man, I hope I'm good for the meat eater guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I hope I can hold my own. Like, hope I don't shoot one of these guys. Yeah. In the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You talking about guys getting, there's a difference between getting shot and getting peppered. And I'm thinking, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. that is wild. We could have sent like, you out. We could have sent you out for a peppering today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, keep going. Yeah. Keep Initiation. going. Stop there. Yeah. We're going to pepper you now. Just put the gun at you. Shoot. Oh. No, so was, what, what? how did you feel about the duck hunting um, g- give me some of your impressions from duck hunting 
uh, the actual act of duck hunting, right? Not just, oh, not I, just the preparation. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Like, again, that annual hunt we do, it kind of like when you're out there before the sun, the sun comes up, you see the critters coming out, you kind of just see like the nature and everything else. You kind of like understand uh, why everybody is so into it. And it's one of those things where I still haven't went from zero to one by buying myself a rifle or anything like that yet. But it's one of those things you leave and you're like, man, I got to like die. I, I got to get into the sport because I have buddies that travel all over the country. Like, you know, all the spots, spots in Arizona, Colorado, Utah, everywhere. And it just seems like a lot of fun. So coming out here, like getting to experience duck hunting, like I've always heard that duck hunting is like all time. And so getting to do it at the level we got to do it on the, the, the grounds we got to do it on, it was just like it happening in real time and we were knocking them down. It was just, it was so much fun. And again, mm -hmm. like getting to do it with you guys, like being like, oh, okay, I, you know, you want to, you want to impress the squad. You want to impress the boys. You impressed me. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, man. no, that was fire. Yeah, I was good. very impressed. When, yeah. when one would go down and we'd all be like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, man, yeah. sick, man. Oh. And it, it was unique because like when we're talking about the hunt and you're saying it's spoiled guy duck hunting because of the, yeah. the blind and how it's set up and the way you guys are explaining it, in my mind, I'm essentially painting the picture of what it's all going to be like <laughs> and then you show up and it's completely different. So really when I first get there, I'm like really just trying to just be aware of all the stuff going on. You... <laughs> Hand me the the uh, decoys, and you're like, all right, go set those up over there. And I'm like thinking, oh my god, I don't even. <laughs> is this a knot? Like, do I just pull a string here? <laughs> you know, like, do I put these on land? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I pulled Max this time. I'm like, hey, so how do I throw these little decoys hey, out? Taylor goes, ruined all the decoys. <laughs> and I do. I have to. I have a confession. I'm the one who singled out and pulled out the duck, and I was like, hey, do I just throw this out in the water? And you're like, yeah. So, how'd that get off the thing? So, and I'm just thinking. <laughs> I just kind of step back. And I was like, oh, right, I gotta go. Right. So, <laughs> so, so. <laughs> Will comes over to me and hands me a duck without a weight on it. And I'm like, this is yeah, this sometimes, sometimes this, is, this is, sometimes this like falls off. And I look at it and the clip's like fully unclipped from the weight, taken through the loop out. <laughs> and like the string with the weight on it is said, like still on the car carabiner. So and he asked me, he goes, do I just set this out there? And I look at it and I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, there's no weight on it. Yeah. Like, he goes back and I didn't say a word. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I got real quiet. Because Steve's I got found... that light on the water. He's like, we're going to go from here to here. And I'm like, all right. Well, I, I found the uh, string with the weight on it. And I was like, okay, I know what happened here. I knew right away. I just didn't want to say anything. So and I was like, yeah, the wild thing is, yeah. is like, you were so focused on your dog, Cal, the whole time. You were so fired oh, up. And Steve, you're just, even when we had to do the beaver trapping after, that was like impromptu. You're just a man on a mission. So you're like, go do this. And then you're trudging through the water and all that. And I have to like assume how to throw it out, pulling Max aside, <laughs> throwing it, everything out there. You said to grab the railroad thing. You yeah. pulled out like some, oh, yeah. <laughs> you pulled out oh, some yeah. weapon. It's like, yeah. no, no, that's not we it. We had to go put a trap out for Mark. <laughs> and I literally, it was like kids with their dad, like me, Will and JP. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, all right, we pulled this through the cemetery and he, you're just, you're literally ten, run jumps ten over the fence in front of us. Like you're just working. It goes and jumps the fence. I look back at the boys like, what the fuck? We're supposed to jump this fence. I hop at my knee. I'm like, oh my God. He's like down the hill. I'm like, hey, do we need to come with you? He goes, you stay there for a second. I'll be right back. So I like, then I like old fat guy body over the fence and we're kind of just watching you just move. And he's like hunting, looking around, picking stuff up. That's not it. And end up getting there. We get the truck down. And hey, did he, did he do like, one of these? Like. No, yeah. Oh, dude, he's like looking at it, grab. Look at that. I'm looking at. I'm thinking to myself, I don't remember needing to taste anything. Like this is a man out here, and we get to we end up getting back in the truck and going down the hill, and uh, Steve's like looking around. He's like, God, 
where is it? I'm an idiot. And he starts calling people. I need you to bring X, Y, and Z. The thing we ended up using with the beaver. The what caster lure. Yeah, the caster lure. <laughs> and he goes, uh, Taylor, you know, in the back right corner, there's a, there's a steel blah, 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 blah. A railroad tie plate. A railroad tie plate. And I'm like, yeah, I got you, brother. And I start looking through. I'm like, what the? Taylor's like taking a red JP and I just giggling. I pull out, I pull out uh, like there was like a shovel. And you like, pulled out a steak puller. Yeah, steak. I'm like, hey, is this what you need? He's like, no, it's flat. And I, I'm like, well, get over here. I'm but like, he's not laughing. That's pull. what makes it so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, just, just keep no, looking. When you were kids, didn't you crush panties on the railroad tracks and notice how they hold them all together? No. no railroad tracks in Cave Creek. <laughs> then he's down, he's down in the water and he's like, hey, when you guys got a pocket knife? And I was like, oh, I left it at home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you told me you left in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, ah, the one day, and yeah. he's like, uh, you yeah. grab something out of there and cut off, the one like cut off the willows or cut off the willows. Like, ah, oh, you're gonna have to tell me what a willow Dude, is. Will's taking these pliers. <laughs> he goes reach over and cut out. I don't know what he was saying because there's this like there's this like a protective fence. fence around these trees that Mark is trying that, to yeah, re so reestablish. Mark's trying to reestablish um, the gentleman that let us hunt his place <laughs> is trying to get willows. Reestablished willows along his riparian areas, which, as I'll explain to you guys, just decades and decades of cattle grazing and other mm -hmm. stuff eliminated all the willows. So he's trying to get the willows going. Um, and he fences them in, but every time he puts them in there and puts a fence around them, somehow or another, the beavers still get them. So he's trying to hold the beavers back long enough to get his willows reestablished. And you're one of these branches, and I end up, he's like, reach over and cut off a couple branches. I'm just looking at this fence. I'm like, I can't get over this fence. So I'm thinking maybe he just wants me to press up against the fence and cut. And I'm, <laughs> I'm cutting some like dead flowers. Like, I start getting, he's, like, he's cutting he's like, briars. Yeah, yeah. Bro. I like get poked in my eye. Ah, damn it. And he's like, hey, th that's, 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 go over the uh, tree in front of the truck and start like clipping those. And I go over with JP. I'm like, man, I don't know what the I don't know what he's talking about. I just start cutting these branches. He's like, are they, people he's are like, real delicate. He's like, are these, yeah. are these uh, alive or dead? And I'm just thinking, yeah, I don't know. He's like, is there green in them? He got, he's like, oh, no, these are dead. He's like, we got to go get some ones that have some green in them. Go over to that red tree. <laughs> go over to those red branches and get me some branches because he's trying to set this trap. Yeah. But we were all in. We we had the full meteor experience. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. We're all that's in, great. Dude. But going that's back great. to the duck hunt, <laughs> yeah, which is where this question originated, it was – very cool to see, like, one, the way your dog was operating. I thought yeah. that, I thought that I, was... I get a real kick out of that. And I don't yeah. have a temperament for dogs, but mm -hmm. I, the ones that are real good, I love, man. Yeah. And yeah. then the first one coming in, you start to feel start to feel like nervous and everything. And, you know, Steve's in there, all right, this one's coming in. All right, when I say go, you guys do it. And that thing takes a hard right turn. He goes, get it. And we both get up and pump. Hit it, and he's like, "All right, well, that, that duck is destroyed. We're gonna have to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to go back and forth." And that was like a to me. I was like, "Oh, that's a good little feeling, yeah. knowing that you have to call names." And then when you unloaded your gun, there was a moment for me. I was like, "Oh man, we're really shooting well out here yeah. right oh, now." No, that's great. great. Yeah, you yeah. were kind of leveling up yeah. throughout the day. And but yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah, the shot great. of the day was uh, that duck coming overhead and Will with the swing, swing. Because yesterday nice. you were talking about the clay. If you can get one of those like that, and Will. Popped that thing up, no problem, and took it. Yeah, out. we were shooting yeah, clays, and we're, you know, you're shooting clays that are leaving from your feet. Yeah, flying out. And I said, it'd be more realistic if the shooter went out there and then tried to hit him coming behind him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let it fly over you and hit it behind him. The uh, I'll tell you what. The one mess up, the biggest mess up today was when that teal hit the water. Mm -hmm. and you're like, get out there, go get him. And so I like pop out. <laughs> Trying to impress my dad out here. Let's go. I'm going to show him. <laughs> get the gun. I get him in my sights. He starts taking off. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Safety's on. And I just. You see Taylor forward. like jolt forward. Yeah, yeah. Ah! 
Damn it. Is that gotta, gotta walk back. Or like, hey, right. or when that teal was going by, and then I was like, Taylor, get it, get it, get it. He's like, shut up, and Steve was like, hey, hey, no, no, no. I was like, hey, that one's on me. I got a little excited. I got a little too excited. Taylor, fire. Hey, yeah. Cal, we were talking about this in the blind, and I gave an answer, but it wasn't real specific. Uh, how many hours are into your dog? Oh, I, I said mean, thousands. Probably, yeah. I mean, year one, it's like two hours a day for like training, training, and then twenty four hours a day for oh, obedience yeah. training. You yeah. know, you're. I mean, it's like 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 uh, when we were plucking birds and having her place on my jacket, like you are always Getting always training, and so yeah. like when that. When you get that brand new little puppy, mm-hmm. you can almost essentially at like seven weeks imprint things that are going to be very beneficial to you for the rest of that dog's life or things that you will absolutely <laughs> you despise yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, it's not, I mean. Yeah. I mean, crate training, place training, mm. healing. I mean, it. All end, those good at, citizen yeah, things. At the end of the day, you're <laughs> like, you're training, but you're also like keeping that dog safe too. Cause like, um, say if we were like, um, bunch of trucks driving around the field or whatever, you tell your dog place and that dog doesn't move. Like your dog's going to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a if bunch of running around trying to bite truck tires. It's yeah. Gonna get, oh, yeah. it's going to get of, ran over for sure. Yeah. Think of how many like, uh, public hunting spots that are like, unfortunately like right next to the highway yeah, yeah right and dog goes and tries to chase a, a rooster a crippled duck or whatever and yeah it's just yeah there's so many ways for things to go bad and they're the hunting bond is is amazing because they put all of their trust in you and when you watch them get hurt sometimes they come back to you and they're like you said go i went what happened you know and it's, and it's like that all you know all the time so um yeah but lots lots of time in the dog when we got our dog um i got it to where i could say get over here and it would do that (laughs) and then where i could say get out of here it would do that and i'm like this dog is trained (laughs) (laughs) perfect (laughs) that's great it does come and go yeah yeah yeah. uh, largely largely off intonation get out of here she's like that ain't good (laughs) yeah Yeah. no that relationship is awesome and I said too, Snort is famous. Like my buddy texted, like, "Hey, how'd Cal's dog do?" I was like, "Hey, Cal, this <laughs> not somebody's asking me about your." Did dog. you ever tell him about the story? On the what? The ear? Oh, his dog oh, got no. bit by a rattlesnake. I bad. did. I did yeah. see the uh, the ear was missing a little bit of fur. Yeah, exactly. The bald ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a super long story. I, uh, but yeah, she got bit by a snake and um, almost died. But the result is, I got a dog with bald ear, which is. Which way is better great. than a dead dog. Yeah, yeah. Way yeah. better than a dead dog. Yeah. I've been yeah. talking lately kind about the way three-legged down. dogs. Exactly. There's so many three-legged dogs around these days uh-huh. and how much attention they get. And it got me thinking, like, if you had a one-eared dog, it would get a lot of attention. You know, it, people would want to come up and pet it more. Mm-hmm. The, the way it's kind of like a patch missing, you know? So I think that most people are like, oh, something's wrong with that dog. Like not, yeah. like <laughs> dog's got cancer. Yeah, got, yeah, dog's got, so, or so nobody says anything about it, which is pretty funny. <laughs> it takes a while to like warm up and be like, so uh, what's the deal with that ear? Yeah, and they're like, I'm yeah. so sorry about your loss. <laughs> right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, we got to uh, dole out compliments to you guys. So like Steven said, situational awareness. So, I mean, just so 
just relaxing to mm-hmm. be around uh, people who are in that first time position, but can uh, decipher for themselves like, oh, this is what these guys with more knowledge in this situation are picking up on. So you guys are looking where we're looking. Um, you know, we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about the hands of the clock, right? Mm-hmm. When we're like birds at 12 o'clock, birds at two o'clock. Um, we didn't talk about we... the movement of your hands. <laughs> yeah, we did. I was like, hey, there's one over there. So yeah. Like, this is cool. It was like the first five minutes. <laughs> like, don't do that. Yeah, look with, look your, with your eyes. That I was, was like, so oh, yeah, yeah, right. Point with that your eyes. Guy said, I'm like, damn. Dude, that was so funny. Idiot. Giant arm. Hey, boys, there's one right there. He's like, but why don't you wave at it? He immediately says, I'll put your hand down. Hey, but you know what's crazy is we were hiding from those ducks the whole time. As soon as we got out of the blind, like 50 of them were just kind of ripping around us. I know. We should have just hung out and talked. Yeah, sometimes that happens. It makes you think like all that, like, get back. Yeah, Be quiet. Shh, shh. But uh, yeah, the 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 camaraderie aspect you guys obviously have down, right? So you you know that uh, things are just better better when people are happy, and so you guys joke around. But then the serious things, you immediately click in and turn it on, and and are like, yeah, gun safety. We're serious about that. Mm. Oh, somebody's trying to uh, improve what we're doing a little bit. Oh, okay, be focused, be serious, and then like we already covered you immediately apply it or try to apply it. Right. Um, which there's a lot of teaching of fishing, hunting stuff too, where it's like, I have certain people that have been around a a lot, you know, it's like why I need to just quit talking because this person does not apply it. Like they need to fall on their face over and over again. And then, then, which is how I, I really learned a lot of things too. Um, but you guys are not not those folks. No, no, right? you're talking you're about like, you, like I say to my boy, he's like, I'm gonna go get that duck. I'm like, you're not gonna get that duck. <laughs> no, I can go get that duck. You're not gonna get that duck. No, I'm gonna go. Go, go okay, go get the duck. And then a while later, like didn't get the duck. I didn't get the duck. Yeah, right. And did you see all the ducks I scared away by walking around and yeah. all the things? You're like, Yep, I did. Okay, uh-huh. now yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh appreciators. The number like uh, man, it is such a bummer to have any sort of a day, any sort of an experience. And at the end of the day, you're like, I just don't know if these people took home what mm. they were supposed to take home. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but you Cal guys... wasted all of his nice emotion on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I got to bottle all that shit back up. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he left it laying in the blind. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, being around people who appreciate like, oh, the, the, the place, the, uh, instruction, the, just, you know, the, the time and effort stuff, the basic stuff. And you guys are appreciators. So thank you very, very much for that. Cause that's, that's a big deal. No, yeah, this has been incredible. And I feel like the last thing, you know, I'm sure you felt this way too. Like where you're, uh, you don't want to be like standing around too much. Like you, the last thing you want is to be like a liability or to leave and people are like, oh, they kind of. They kind of suck. Didn't put yeah. Work yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. noticed our host this morning. Uh, let's not talk about who he said it about, but our host this morning said of a couple individuals, um, neither of them is someone you'd want to be in a duck blind with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not speaking, you, but you see what he's getting at, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We won't want me in a duck blind with him. That's like a thing. You guys can start saying that now. Yeah. We won't want yeah. me in a duck blind with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you're like getting your hands around the the meat eater thing, mm-hmm. right? Well, um, Corinne does a phenomenal job 
And, and there's all despite, kinds of compliments going Despite the today. phenomenal job that Corinne does, I don't read all of her emails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even when they're sent directly to me. Uh, and like, so she'll, she'll get back. I was like, sure. uh, football guys. I didn't know if you played football. I don't know if you just talk about football. Uh, I was like, shit, I played football. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it, uh, I was like the run to the litter and I played offensive tackle. So nice. I was like, I was Believe like, oh, no shit, that's great. So it's big soft spot for the O-line especially tackles. Let's go. And then uh, my family, uh, my dad went to law school in D.C. Okay. And so I was there during like the 86 uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. The Hawks, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so to, and we were like lifelong Redskins fans. And so- Doug I, Williams was the QB. And I, I can sing you the fight song to this day. Like- How's it so, going? Do it. Well, I'm not going to do it right fight, now. Fight. No. Hail to the Redskins. Hail victory. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Everybody knows that one. You know what so, I didn't do? It was a big surprise, but uh, I mean, that's great. What yeah. I didn't do that was poor hosting. I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't offer up a good synopsis of Boston with the boys. Do you mind up offering up a, you know, if someone says, you know, uh, what's your show about? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess in a nutshell, it's like we have a platform where everything we do, we want to bring the locker room to life. So if you guys were to come on the bus, which would be awesome one day, it's just how do you, you know, have the camaraderie, have the vibes of like getting to know you, your story, like bringing that locker room to life that we kind of grew up in because a locker room is such a melting pot where jokes and like all the stuff that you mm -hmm. wish everybody got to experience and kind of, you know, we had the privilege of playing in the NFL and playing at uh, the level we got to, to where, you know, we're able to have kind of these raw conversations and have fun with all of our guests uh, to where it is. Like we, the goal of bringing the locker room to life. Yeah. Is, a, it, is it sweaty and steamy on it, your bus? It has been. It used to be. <laughs> it, sometimes it still does. Just like, yeah. you know, your back and, you know. Yeah, the back. Yeah, are there white towels laying everywhere on your bus? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you, hey, I told you about before when we first started, we were in the back of an RV park. Yeah. Stealing, stealing heat in like 90 degrees weather right next to train tracks <laughs> yeah by yeah. That plate. yeah that first year we were we were it was because the bus doesn't run it just sat in a gravel <laughs> it was just in a gravel parking lot and we would have to tarp it up to where the heat wouldn't get in and we're you know july dying uh, no yeah. ac Brutal. and then we'd have to power it with uh you know if we got to plug into the rv the rv park or just running it off a generator or two and that's how we kind of you know, started it. Yeah. It's kind of how it got going. Then we got in a little shed. Now we're in a little bit better warehouse. I know the working conditions can be better for the team. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like you go, you walk in a place like this, you're like, man, we really are screwing our <laughs> We should have left JP yeah. in the car. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it's, it's obviously available anywhere. People want to go get it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Spotify, Apple, Downcast, YouTube, whatever you want. That's how you can find Bustin' with the Boys. And how do, if people want to if people want to have a laugh looking at you guys' stuff, I know you're real active on social media. Oh, oh yeah. very active yeah, on yeah. social media. You should. We posted three times as being on the show. Yeah, even touch my phone once. That's how yeah. active we are. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, at Bussin WTB. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's so no, in, not individual pages. You like to keep it communal. At underscore Will Compton, if you want to throw me a follow. Taylor Lawan 77 <laughs> both on Twitter and yeah. on Instagram. But hit me with like the Boston one. At Bussin WTB. Got it. It's B-U-S-S-I-N for all the listeners out there. WTB. Cal's downloading Instagram right now. He's like, what's that website you're talking about? Insta. What's this, Insta Twitter? What's going on here? 
Uh, well, man, I appreciate that? you coming on the show, and I appreciate uh, you guys going and doing the duck hunt with us, man. It was so much fun. So much fun. So if you guys ever want to do it again, we are available. No, we will. Yeah. Be fun no, seriously, thank you guys. This was this was a blast. No, you this were a lot, a you guys were a lot of fun to hang out with, and I appreciate your uh, uh, good good guys to laugh with. Yeah, yeah, good vibes. Four point five. Take that with you. I will. Yeah, take that with you. Four point five. Is you with the the solid attempt at a beard? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, was, it was an attempt. I wouldn't yeah. say it's anything I ever need to go back to. Right, you get a mustache. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, you have a very strong mustache. I grew it myself. It's I can't grow a beard, so this is what I got. Yeah, yeah. same, same. Yeah. All, I have is, all I have is the mustache going. It gets all patchy. Looks like pubic hair, honestly. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I grew an entire guiding season. This is back when I was living in Missoula. Uh, entire fall guiding season, uh, I decided I was like, I'm going to force this. And I did not shave the entire time. And I got back to town and went to like my favorite bar bartenders, right? And uh, like a Charlie B's situation, mm -hmm. like all female bartenders. And every one was like, just what are you doing? <laughs> oh, speaking of pubes, uh, <laughs> I had to go do this thing. I was telling you guys, I can't remember if I was telling you this or not. Like, I had this like sort of weird pain moving around my groinal region. Oh, we've talked about it. It was like over my leg, swollen testicles. You had the well, no, it wasn't though. You had that rash. They, yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> Did you get that thing, Carol? It'd be like yeah. in the crease of my. It's just moving around, and I know, and I'm real susceptible to stuff too. Like if you tell me that if you also said you had elbow cancer, mm. I swear my elbow would hurt. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. And Seth had uh, some kind of hernia deal going on, and but that wasn't it. And, I, and so I had this wandering pain. And then your mind starts running away with you. And I'm always, uh, so I was like, man, I, maybe, I, maybe I got a hernia. Mm -hmm. Maybe I got testicular cancer. So I go down, and, it, and it's like legit hurts, but they've ruled out all the bad stuff. <laughs> but uh, when you go to get this done, it's the most, it's not humiliating because everybody down there is cool, but you got they like, you lay down, okay? And they come in and they, so you take your pants off. They come in and they say like, well, lay your penis up on your stomach. <laughs> And then he put a little towel. You, man. Okay, nice. you. That's, like, that's what's so funny. I know. I'm just thinking, so hey, like, just keep my hand in place the whole time. You got some tape? Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I'll hold it here the entire time. Yeah. I'm just telling you where to lay. I just kind of perched up on the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I got the hunger surgical <laughs> tape. sad, dog. And then they, you put like a little towel over it, and then they lay the boys like up on a platter like between your legs. <laughs> And then they're like it's digging so in there. It's so compromising, hey, man. You had this? Oh, I had a sport hernia. I had surgery. Yeah. Oh, really? I had surgery. Sports hernia. Yeah. And the and person, the, like, you could did tell. Did you think the gel was like, Oh, yeah, warm? the gel. And you oh. could tell that, like, anything going through your head about how, like, the woman doesn't care. No. Doesn't yeah. care. Doesn't care at all. <laughs> tell like, me for a second when that gel hit the, your mind, you're like, all right, calm down here. Right, calm down. <laughs> no, what, what's so funny is you can tell, yeah, her, just the fact that she's like, this, I, I do this for a living. Yeah, it's I, okay. I appreciate this is probably strange for you, but I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> There's nothing I could see. There's nothing I could not see yeah. that I care about. <laughs> That's funny. That's oh, also good for you on that. So anyways, I'm fine. Go, go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still don't know why I have a little phantom wandering pain, but maybe like, I don't know. But it's maybe not just a little strange. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, strange. Maybe it's yeah, maybe a little strange. strange. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks Move for the diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the next hunt? You guys going to uh, start scheming and, and find another one here after this duck adventure? Part of me wants to hit some big game. Mm -hmm. I think an, uh, <laughs> what was he saying yeah. earlier? He's like, I'm going to keep talking about yeah. it. Yeah. I want to yeah. go camping. Yeah. I want to sit yeah. there and be like, it's been four days. 
we've been on the trail for four days. We're hunting. We can make you eat those words, you know. Mm-hmm. No question. <laughs> he's saying it. He's saying it. Yeah, 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 and I'm, I'm not what you would call a survivor. Like, <laughs> you're not going to put me in the wilderness and be like, we'll see you in a week. I will be dead in a week, picked apart. So I will definitely need you if that was ever going to be the case. Oh, yeah. that'd be a mighty square meal for that friend. Yeah, just press a button, right? The made up. I think an elk hunt would be really cool. Everyone wants to hunt them elk. Yeah, I don't There's know. There's a lot of them these days too. See, I see. I think bear would be sweet. Oh, walking yeah. in uh, Chester's mm-hmm. office yesterday. He's got that. He's talking to me about the story of how he he got it. I was like, man, it's that'd a great be story. Sick. Just an apex predator out there. Me and him. But I have a gun. It's roast beef of the woods, man. That's bears. Yeah. You, yeah. What were you saying about ducks? The prime rib of the sky. Oh, big roast time. beef yeah. of the woods, prime rib of the yeah. sky. It's all good. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate yes, thank it. you thank guys. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bustin' with the boys. Good Check it out. Today. Subscribe. Listen. Good shooting. Over and out. All right, let's do the handshake. <laughs> Close. <laughs> what were you doing there at the end? I don't know. They, they, they do something like this. Like, <laughs> you, you just met. Guys, thank you awesome. so much. It was close, right? Thank, thank you, you so much. Telling you what, Decked is a game changer. Decked has completely changed how I load, organize my truck. All my stuff that I want is always in there, out of my way, and secure. It's perfect. If you own a pickup truck that you use, you know, like a truck, the Decked drawer system gives you weatherproof storage for all your gear. You can lock it up, too. You keep your tools and gear organized, job site or out in the field. Go to deck.com slash meat eater to receive free shipping. Go to deck.com slash meat eater and get yourself some free shipping. Hey, if you follow wildlife news at all, you're probably aware that the island of Maui has an incredible abundance of Axis deer, so much so that they're causing ecological damage. Well, Maui Nui venison is thinning out some of those Axis deer herds and delivering venison sticks and fresh cuts to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order.